everybody, and welcome back to week number 12 of the College Football Betting Breakdown Show, courtesy of Scores and Odds. I'm your host, as always, Sean, PSU fan Sue Newsham. Joining me as usual is my co-host, Alex Fear, my turtle Harden. Alex, you uh, you were very apprehensive of saying that you like Penn State to destroy Maryland last week. Um, I know in reality you really wanted to say it was going to happen. So how do you feel after uh, Maryland was lucky to lose by 30? It was probably not that close to the game. I mean, overall, not feeling great, Sean. 0-3 last week. Penn State destroys Maryland. It was a rough one, but we got to get back on the horse this week. At least I do. Um, yeah, well, uh, awesome, please make sure you smash the like and subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, quick week 11 betting recap. We both were, well, I guess I was two and one on the week. Uh, so I am now 18, 14 and one on the season, which is not bad. Hopefully get to about five or six games over 500 was my goal at the start. So if I get uh, another couple two and one weeks, that should accomplish that. Uh, so last week I liked Oregon minus 13 and a half versus Washington, which was a loss. Uh, it was a really good game, actually. That was a very competitive game. Washington was definitely up for that one, and Washington came away with the win. Um, Clemson minus seven versus Louisville. That was a pretty easy cover. Clemson was pretty dominant. Uh, as we talked about on the show, Malik Cunningham was really injured. He left the game, did not return, uh, which really helped Clemson. And then Penn State minus 10 and a half against Maryland. Honestly, that should have been like 60 to nothing. Penn State took the foot off the, ga- the gas pedal at like the second half, like the entire second half. Uh, Maryland absolutely had no choice, chance they got blown out. So, Alex, why don't you talk about your games for last week? Because I know it was a rough one with everything you had. Well, um, we shared the Oregon one. And like you said, that was a good game. But, yeah, definitely on the wrong side there. Texas minus seven, definitely a loss First TCU. They could not get anything going. That was a pretty rough game. And then UCLA loses outright to Arizona. So, um maybe i should be more in tune ucla was definitely in a letdown spot i had a usc week so i kind of overlooked that um really bad loss for ucla but we'll talk more about them later so took the goose egg oh and three but we march on we do so that puts alex at 16 and 17 overall for the season yeah i will say the back 12 just totally eliminated themselves last week it was a pretty embarrassing week for the pac 12 not surprising it's a pretty embarrassing conference overall so uh, we're not shocked with that. We did enjoy some games, but they're giving us some fun this year. You know what? I have respect for the Pac-12. We talked about, uh, last week I said, Arizona, much more fun and improved team. Their offense is much more explosive this year. They came out and just put it to uh, UCLA. They were very good offensively in that game. So it, they're generally giving us at least fun, exciting games to watch, which I at least appreciate. So uh, kudos to the Pac-12 for that. All right, heading into week 12 here, we're going to start off with SMU at Tulane here. Uh, Tulane picked up a loss last week against UCF. They did not look very good. Uh, we have a pick already in. Oh, just so happens to be from Alex. So why don't you take this one first, Alex? No, yeah, it was a rough game for them last week versus UCF. I thought they'd be a bit more competitive. But here uh, at home versus SMU, I think Tulane's the better overall team, more balanced, has the better defense, and they're only a three-point favorite. So I, I definitely like them. I didn't like the opener at four and a half, but down at three, I feel comfortable jumping on the green wave. Um, like SMU's offense is good. They're 10th in SP plus right now, but their defense is is really, really pathetic. Um, 107th in SP plus. Uh, 
USF actually had some promising drives. They, they couldn't keep the game close enough, obviously, but I think it's something where Tulane can exploit SMU on the ground, specifically with Spears and, and Pratt at quarterback. So um, I like the green wave here. Um, yeah, I think they're just a bit undervalued here, and SMU is a tad overrated. What do you think about this? Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, SMU defense is really weak. Like you said, USF had some drives that were promising, and then they just quite – like every every drive was like they missed that one play that was like that key play on the drive. They just couldn't convert it because they're just not very good. Uh, whereas Tulane's a much better team. They have much more ability to do it. Uh, Ty J Spears have a bit banged up, but he did play. They did split running backs pretty evenly last week between him, Clayton, and uh, Celestine. So it was a, a, a bit of a letdown spot where I guess UCF just came out and – was the better team on on Saturday, but the the fact that Tulane actually has a bit of a defense that can slow down SMU a bit more than what we've been seeing recently. Like, yes, the SMU offense is good, but it's not as good as what they've been looking like. So um, I probably would lean Tulane as well, but it's not something that I'm like locking in here. All right, next game, we have Illinois against Michigan. Um, Chase Brown left last week at the end of the game. It looks like he will probably be out. I don't really see how Illinois stays in this game. I know their defense is is uh, very good, but this just feels like a game where Michigan is just going to pound Quorum and just win by like four touchdowns uh, slowly over the course of the game. So I probably would lean Michigan here. Uh, Don Edwards for Michigan did leave last week, did not return, uh, left early in the game and didn't return. So the issue is I just don't think that matters that much. Uh, they just will up quorum's volume if they need to so i think this is a spot where michigan likely wins however they do have ohio state looming which is obviously more on their minds than illinois so what's your thoughts on this one yeah this just seems like a systematic like grinded out type win um like illinois basically wants to be michigan in terms of how they play but they're just not as talented and don't have the depth and I just think they just get uh, kind of grinded down a bit over the course of the game. I don't like the spread for either team. It seems about right. This game could play really slow. So it, it's tough for Michigan to necessarily separate unless they break off some big plays. So um, it's an avoid for me, but I certainly think Michigan wins this easily. I just, I just don't feel comfortable with them covering the spread. Yeah, to me, it's a situation where it's like it's going to be a very slow, grinded out win, which like when you need to score three plus touchdowns more than your or three touchdowns more than your opponent, it's a bit tricky to get to a point where you're comfortable with that at, at, in a game where it's going to be super slow, grinded out. Um, I will say, like, I feel like this game basically is dictated on, like, is there a random turnover that's like in a bad spot for one of the teams? And if that happens, like that will dictate the entire game. Because like if Illinois gets a lucky touchdown, it's gonna be hard for Michigan to cover 18 and a half, 17 and a half. Similarly, like if Michigan gets like an easy touchdown on a turnover, um, I think that they could easily cover it. So it's just it's a game where I probably will stay away from. All right, next game we go to TCU Baylor. TCU continues knocking out the opposition's best player and making them injured. Uh it's pretty much been the story of TCU season. I like Baylor here. I think Baylor doesn't really have a best player where if you knock them out, it's going to drastically impact them. Um, I think this is a spot, like, I just don't think TCU is that good. Like, I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're a bad team whatsoever. But, like, watching every game, I'm just, like, underwhelmed for the most part. Uh, I will say I was impressed by their defense last week. Like, holding Bijan Robinson to 29 yards is pretty impressive against Texas. Like, I thought they would get just ran all over by Bijan, and they just did not at all. 
Um, but I think the Baylor offense is kind of set up to win a game like this. Um, again, if you're betting on this, make sure you guys are pricing things out using scores and odds. As you see here, you can find this game at two, at plus two for Baylor, or you can find it all the way to plus three. So like, there's a pretty drastic line uh, differences between uh, sites here. So what is your thoughts on this one? My main thought is that I'm pretty confident that the books are definitely going to be rooting for Baylor here. And I think it's probably the sharp side. It's not comfortable at all. Like no casual better is going to stroll in and be like, oh, number four TCU, only minus 2.2 and a half points. Like nobody's clicking Baylor um, in terms of like casual betters. Like money is just going to pile in on them. So I'd keep an eye on like where the line moves. Like, are they going to keep it at two and a half and just continually take more and more money? Or are they going to, once they get enough money, is the line going to move to like three and a half to cover some on the other side? Um, I think that might tell a bit where, what the books are thinking and, and how comfortable they are taking Baylor action. So kind of for me, if I'm, if, if I can't get that three right now and it's at two and a half, I'm just waiting on this. And, and if I'm taking the Baylor side and waiting for it to get three, three and a half later in the week, but I, I feel okay grabbing three. I wouldn't grab the two right now because I think there's potential it can move just because of the sheer number of bets and volume they'll be taking on TCU. But in terms of the actual game, I tend to agree like Baylor is a pretty solid team, probably underrated in, in the bigger picture and TCU a bit overrated. However, I've been a, kind of a hater on TCU all season, but, and, but they've steadily improved on the defensive side, which is big for them. So should be a really good game, but yeah, I mean, as you see here, the percent of money that's going in on TCU, both in terms of percentage of bets and percentage of money massively in TCU's favor. I think this is a really good spot where I, I agree. Vegas wants people on TCU. They like the Baylor side in this game, which obviously that's going to be the sharper side. Also, I don't think it stays at three. I think you probably get up above three at three and a half. So this is definitely a spot where I think you could wait until tomorrow or the next day. As soon as you see three and a half, that's when you take Baylor. Because three and a half, getting that field goal is is nice as, as a win spot. So um, for the purpose of this show, we can't do that. But I definitely think we're going to see three and a half at some point for this Baylor game. Um, and I do like Baylor here. All right, next game we go to is Georgia versus Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky fresh off a pretty impressive loss to Vanderbilt. Um, yikes. That's not who you want to lose to. Um, but Jordan will, but will Levis draft stocks yeah, right. regardless? I, we, we can probably do a whole show on how will Levis draft stock makes no sense to us. Um, but yeah, will Levis losing to Vanderbilt. That's, that's, uh, that's not great. Uh, Georgia's going to win this game. The issue is it's Georgia. Kentucky's defense is also really good. I just, they're not going to move the ball. Kentucky's just not going to move the ball. Um, I just, Georgia is going to be very dull and bland and, and dry here in this game. And Kentucky will cause resistance to the Georgia offense. I would lean Georgia, but like, I'm not really looking to give 22 and a half in this situation. So for me, it's pretty much just a stay away. But again, I'm not touching Kentucky. That's for sure. Yeah, that was my initial thought too that like georgia is just going to have the like most vanilla game plan ever because they don't need to show anything and they can just overwhelm kentucky over the over the game and like it's not like kentucky's offense is going to be able to move the ball so i don't expect like anything fancy from georgia it's just going to be pretty just going to roll through them slowly through the course of the game so i, I agree with you i am not going to touch this game just because georgia is going to win but i don't feel like they're going to put like the 
kind of the pedal to the metal and push it necessarily. Yep, agreed. All right, next game we got Clemson, Miami. Again, I'm probably just staying away from this game. Uh, Miami could be down to the third string quarterback again. Uh, last week, Van Dyke didn't play. I'm not sure if he's going to play. Clemson, I mean, I want to say they have nothing to play for because they've already locked up a spot in the ACC title game. But I mean, I guess they could still make the playoff. But like, I, I don't know what scenario is going to have to occur for it to get to a situation where the committee is like, yeah, Clemson should be in the playoff. Like, it just is very hard for me to like wrap my head around a scenario in which that's the case because assuming things play out the rest of the season as we expect, Georgia is going to be in the playoff no matter what. Ohio State's going to be in the playoff no matter what. Michigan's going to be in the playoff no matter what. And then it's probably going to be one of the Big Ten or one of the SEC teams. Like whoever else makes the most sense in the SEC, whether it be Tennessee or someone else, like it just feels like it will be one of them. But let's be honest, Clemson does have stuff to play for because in theory they can still make the playoff. But I'm not trusting DJ Ugalele here. I'm not looking forward to this game. I don't trust Miami. I don't know what quarterback you're going to get. They're not very good either. So what's your thoughts here on this one? My first thought, despite like Miami having a disaster of a season was that it was too many points, but uh, it's not a game I'm, I'm overly interested in really. So yeah, for me, we'll talk about this right now. So for me, the way I look at betting, right. If it's a good bet, I'm going to bet it no matter what, like if it's a good bet, I'm going to put money on the game. I'll, I'll bet that game. I'll, I'll watch that game, whatever. If I don't love a side, my next stipulation is, do I want to watch the game? If the answer is yes, I will typically have action on one of the sides because I want to watch the game. So obviously you have to have action on it. That's just how life works, right, Alex? And then if I do not have any interest in watching the game, I just don't care. So like this game, like I have no interest in watching. I do not like a side. So it's just a game where I would just totally stay away from. Is that sort of how you approach things as well? Yeah, but I mean... Obviously, it just goes back to like the notion of like you're betting numbers, not teams, really. Um, yeah. And yeah, this just stuck out as being a little bit on the high side. But I mean, Miami's just been a dumpster this year. Yeah, they have. All right, next game we have is Texas, Kansas. I am going to guess that we have a bet in, and it's from Alex, and he's going to be on the Texas side. Uh, so I'm going to click on this, and that is going to be my guess. It is. It's Alex on the Texas side. So I just want you to take this one first. Yeah, I mean, this is like coming off that that gross game versus TCU, like everyone's going to be down on Texas saying they're gross. They can't move the ball. They can't do anything. Like TCU showed up and made things really difficult for them. This Kansas team is not capable of doing that. Like it's going to be a bounce back spot for Texas. Texas offense is going to put up 40 points here. It's just a matter of how Kansas offense can move the ball. Like I feel really good about this and I'm actually pretty shocked that people are just piling in on, on Kansas early. Um, so I, I just wanted to lock in the nine and a half early in the week uh, cause it seemed pretty favorable. And I could see that number running up a bit over the course of the week as people have time to get over that Texas performance and realize that they're playing Kansas. Yes. Kansas is a good story this year, but it's just because they have a fun offense. Like their defense like is terrible. So I think they're like 120th nationally and, and yards allowed per game. So, I mean, this is definitely the the Bijan bounce back spot, Texas offense bounce back spot, get them feeling good um, after a, a rough game last week. Yeah, like I, I agree. I mean, this is, 
I, as you see here, we can get it at nine in certain spots. So like, if you want it at nine, like I'm, I'm betting this now. I think it goes up above ten uh, as the week goes on. I think this is a get right spot for Texas offense that's been abysmal. Um, as you said, like people are just really liking the story of Kansas, which has been a good story, but they're just some, they're just not very good. Like, let's be honest, Kansas is just not the best team right now. Um, and Texas is, is obviously not very good, but Texas defense is okay. And their offense is going to be able to move the ball against Kansas. Uh, Kansas defense is just too bad not to move the ball. Against. So I definitely like this. And I also agree uh, on the flip side of the one we talked about earlier with the Baylor game. This one, I want to get this bet in immediately before this line goes up because I definitely think it has the potential to go up. All right, next game we go to is Ole Miss and Arkansas. Uh, Ole Miss played a pretty good game last week um, against Alabama. I thought they were pretty solid. Um, I'm going to assume KJ Jefferson will be ready for this game is my guess. Uh, we saw Hornsby start last week for Arkansas. He was embarrassing. They brought in Cade Fortin, who, I mean – the guy's a transfer from USF. I don't think you would expect anything other than embarrassing for him. Um, so I would probably lean Ole Miss here, but I think we're going to get Jefferson back. Uh, because of the fact I think we're going to get Jefferson back, I think this is a pretty clear, like, close game. So I'm probably going to stay away from it, but I probably would lean Ole Miss if I'm going either side. What's your thoughts? Yeah, to me, this is a stay away game. Um, I think Arkansas can be pretty competitive with KJ back here. Um, especially because Ole Miss relies so much on running the ball, especially with Judkins, and that's kind of Arkansas's strength defensively is slowing down the run game. Um, so Arkansas has allowed a lot of big passing plays this year. I, I, Ole Miss's offense has the potential to take advantage of that to an extent with like getting Mingo loose maybe down the field, but really Ole Miss wants to run the ball over and over again. Um, so it could, could set up a, a game where it's kind of, maybe even lower scoring than expected and close, but um, generally speaking, it's a stay away, but I could do see myself like maybe a little dabble on like Arkansas money line parlay with the under or something silly like that, just to get paid off on that take a little bit more than just a minus one ten. Yeah. I will say that if you get news that Jefferson's out, slam Ole Miss, just slam them. Yeah. They, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I will say the thing with Hornsby, it was like a terrible matchup for him in the sense that like LSU probably has the best spy linebacker in the country in terms of like having speed to catch up to Hornsby. I don't think most teams have that option, but still like he was such a disaster even like beyond just getting caught on scrambles. So. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, it was just – it, the game plan was terrible. The match was terrible. It was just a dumpster fire waiting to happen, which to be fair, this would probably be similar. This is, this wouldn't be a good match if Hornsby started either. So um, I definitely think that if you get news, that Jefferson's out. Like, I don't even know if Hornsby would start. I think Fortin would start. Like Fortin just gives them no chance. Like Fortin starts, they just, they have no chance at all. Uh, Hornsby at least gives you something. It's just, he can't throw the ball. So, but he at least gives you something. Fortin just is bad. Hornsby is just bad at throwing, but he can run. So it's a situation where uh, Hornsby would give you something. But, yeah, I think if you get news, Jefferson's out, slam will miss. I do think he's probably going to play because it seemed like he was close last week as well. All right, out west, Pac-12 action. We get a game that I'm very excited about and really want to watch. Uh, we have UCLA and USC. Uh, we see that Alex likes UCLA plus three. Alex, I agree with that. I also like UCLA plus three. I think UCLA is the better team. Um, 
I think they were in a clear letdown spot last week and they let it down. They were bad. Um, I think that that has no indication on how they're going to prepare for this game and be ready for this game. Uh, to me, this is a pretty clear spot where UCLA is going to be up for this game. I think UCLA has a pretty good shot at winning the game outright. Uh, I will say I would probably take UCLA money line instead of UCLA plus like two and a half or plus three uh, for the purpose of this show. Obviously, we're not going to do that. Um, but to me, this definitely feels like a good spot for UCLA. So why don't you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, this is where I wanted to get the the bet in early. So that's definitely why I posted on SEO really, really early this morning to make sure I got that three number. Um, I think it's going to move to like, I wrote it in my SEO write up that I think this game moves to like pick them by kickoff. So effectively, you're going to be getting three points. Um, uh, if you get in early, I, I think I, I totally agree with you. Like UCLA is going to be ready to play here. Like, I like their offense a lot, and I think they're just going to go up and down the field on this USC defense. The flip side, like UCLA's defense is not that great, and USC has a great offense too, but they're going to be down Travis Dye, which I think is pretty big. Like he's a really um, like veteran, like leader type guy on their on their team, reliable performer. Um, so they're definitely going to miss him a lot, I think, even though they do have some young talent in the backfield. So it's a spot where I like UCLA to to win outright. So. Definitely agree there. For sure. All right. Last game we're going to talk about here is Utah against Oregon. Um, I like Oregon here. I think Oregon's a much better team. However, I want to know more about the Bonex injury. For those that didn't watch, Bonex had like a helmet to knee collision uh, towards the end of that game. He was in the tent. It looked like he was done. And then he came running out of the tent, was ready to go. Wanted the coach to call a timeout, put him in. Coach didn't cost him the game because uh, they didn't get the first down on fourth and one that they went for with the backup where the running back has slipped. Whittington just lost his feet. Um, I like Oregon here. I think Oregon minus three is, is a good bet. Um, so I, I think that they're much better than Utah. The only question is sort of if Bo Nix can't go, I definitely don't want to touch Oregon. So it's something you got to wait on a little bit as the week goes. So what's your thoughts on this one else? Was it even clear like what was hurt with Bo Nix? Because originally yeah, like I was like worried that he had a concussion. Then I was like, maybe it was like his ankle because he couldn't walk. And then like maybe his back because like the way he was moving. Like I was like, I was, was unsure. It was so weird. So he got up totally fine. Like he went back to the like line scrimmage, wasn't limping or anything, looked totally fine. Then he was just, he like took a step. And they like took one of the steps where like your like knee gives out and you just like buckle and then went down and then like looked like he was in so much pain, went to the tent. So like I was thinking like maybe tore his ACL or something. I wasn't sure. And then he comes sprinting out of the tent ready to go. But he missed like he was in the tent for like 10 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't like a, he was in the tent for like a second. He like he missed a series. He missed like an entire series and he missed uh, Washington having the ball. So like he missed like. 10 minutes he was in the tent for like 10 minutes the whole situation was really weird i haven't seen anything really like that so i, I was I'm wondering if they were doing like like acl tests or whatever they need to do to like i don't know it, it was strange and then like he was jumping on the sideline like put me back in i was like oh they're gonna call a timeout and they did they didn't because like that's yeah. a bow keeper like all season right there yeah they've ran literally their offense this season has been bow running running like sneaks and yeah, they just didn't I mean, call they, time out didn't run a sneak ran a ball out of the shotgun and whittington to be fair if he didn't slip he wasn't in the first time either like he well was i mean the play was that should have been a read with the quarterback keeping and he had right. like a a big lane i i don't know to me did it seem like oregon played differently in the second half than they did all season like their mo all season has been like 
like taking shots, like running up the score. And like, it felt like this game, it was so close that they were like, we're just going to like systematically go down the field and like dink and dunk and like not take as many shots as normal. It, it just felt different. Cause they bled like the whole fourth quarter clock and like, didn't get much out of it. I mean, they had like a 22 play 22 rush, like 12 minute drive. It was absurd. Like you and I were obviously discussing it and it was like every play was run, And it wasn't like, they didn't keep it on Knicks at all. It was literally Bucky Irving and Whittington the entire drive for like 20 plays. And it was just, I don't know, they took the entire game out. They just didn't, I thought, I think they just felt like they weren't going to stop watching. They just wanted to like remove most of the game and just win it. But it kind of cost them the game because they ran it to where like there was no time left. Yeah, I, just, I mean, their whole thing has been just like keep continually going for it and, and not worrying yeah. about just sitting on a lead. And uh, well, it was a good game. It was exciting. Well, it was a good game. Um, I did not have fun watching it, but it was a good game. So anyways, that wraps up the show for us this week, guys. Uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you guys smash the like and subscribe button. So we will go into our bets for week number 12. Uh, I like Baylor plus three versus TCU. I like Texas minus nine versus Kansas. And I like UCLA plus three versus USC. Alex, what three do you have for me? We're going to share two because I have Texas minus nine, UCLA plus three, and uh, Tulane minus three. So um, only one differential there. We're kind of on the same page. Yeah, it's a it's a situation where I think the games are pretty clear cut what ones we like uh, here. And unfortunately, it just so happens to be a couple of the same games. So uh, good news for me because I don't need to extend my lead. So works well for me. Uh, for you, it's a little bit unfortunate, but I think those two games are are pretty clear. Like Texas minus nine is is definitely a game that I really like. That's my favorite bet of the week uh, for sure. So, all right, guys, that's gonna call it for us here this week. Good luck for all you guys betting this weekend. For Alex, I am Sean. Good luck, everyone. <laughs>